Hello and welcome to the Crazy Pontering Podcast. Yes, we have been on hiatus for a while now. A uh, few things have happened since our last ever recording, which was on Halloween. <laughs> so, but we're now back here towards the end of the year because, well, music is kind of ending-ish. There's albums that come out in December. Yeah, one I saw one that of a band that I mean the album wasn't very good, but. It yeah, it just came out like literally yesterday, and I'm like, what the? I'm like, it's literally like halfway through December. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And already like m- music columnists make their top albums of the year, and literally no big names released an album this month in December because they know better. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that I've heard there actually are some cool albums coming out. So. Even though there are some coming out, this is just the time period where we are going to get out our favorite metal slash whatever music genre we feel like albums of the year. And with me as usual is Mr. Damon the Gobbler Anderson. Hello. Uh, so before we dive into this, uh, Damon, how did you feel about how music was this year for you? Um, Honestly, compared to last year, like there was a lot of good stuff came out. I think last year was just so loaded. That I almost felt like, I, I don't know, it was a lot harder for me to really sit down. Not to say there wasn't some really good stuff. Obviously, we could come up with 10 that we really liked. But I'd say more of a lot of singles coming out. I've just noticed that I like, I'm like, okay, like, all right. You know, like there's some really good singles. But as far as like full albums, like there was a lot. But as opposed to last year where like, you know, we got a new Cannibal Corpse. We got like a ton of, ton of stuff. Well, I mean, I mean to be fair, I wrote I also wrote down a list of like albums that I was anticipating, and it actually was fairly long. Yeah, because <laughs> some either pretty big names released an album this year, or like bands that I started following released an album. Yeah, um, like I can kind of get this out of the way because these. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Five bands that I was really anticipating released an album this year, but they did not crack in my top ten, which were Slipknot, Behemoth, Ozzy Osbourne, Lamb of God, and Megadeth. Yeah. Megadeth was a big surprise that they released an album this year. Um, But, I mean, you mentioned singles. There also was a number of EPs that came out. So we thought we would take a small time to just talk about our favorite EPs that came out. Like, I know I listened to way more EPs than you, yeah. but that's kind of usual. I, I may have actually listened to more EPs. I just didn't realize it. Um, but definitely the one that, like, hit the most for me was Napalm Deaths, obviously. Like, that, it just, it was brutal, and it was actually really fun to listen to. Like... Because it's a long-ass day. Yeah. It's called Resentment is Always Cynemic, 
a final throw to throws. Yeah. Real mouthful. <laughs> yeah. For a band that's known for playing very short songs because it's grindcore. <laughs> it's it just, it definitely, like, because I had heard Napalm Death before, and, like, it, obviously, like, in the wheelhouse of, like, you know, the, I think the word I'm more looking for is zeitgeist of, like, metal bands. Yeah. But this one kind of, like, was, like, bam, like, in your face. I'm like, okay, like, you know, I kind of dig this, actually. Like, so, yeah, it definitely surprised me. Well, they're also one of those big-time name now in metal history. And yeah. I finally started to dive into their full catalog, and I actually tried to, after I'm done with listening to some music that came out this year, dive into their whole discography. Um, but the surprising thing to me about Napalm Death is that from, from starting like this grindcore put it, like putting it out there they actually have become a little bit more experimental especially with the last album they put out which i thought was really good yeah um so yeah I, and when i found out they released an ep i was like well i normally don't look for eps but it's napalm death so i'm gonna listen to it to see how it's going um i would say the things that they weren't bad, but there were just like a few covers on there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, because this isn't all original, I'm going to knock it down just a little bit as far as my favorite EPs. Um, but my personal favorite EP that I listened to was from a band that I've now becoming really into, and that's Based. <laughs> Also, though, this EP didn't just happen to feature Trevor Strand before he died. That helped. Um, but I just think that... I, I, I blank on their names, but this guy, he's really got that strong cannibal corpse grinder kind of vocal Yeah, vibe. you can definitely kind of hear a little bit of the, like... Like, a corpse grinder's very specific in his voice. Like, you can tell it's him when he comes into a song. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... The closest I probably found to something that's similar to that. Yeah. And their last album, Necrosapiens, I thought was really strong. Uh, my only real criticism on it is that there was like barely, if any, guitar solos. I kind of need that and, death metal. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I understand if you don't feel like writing it, like, because I know a friend that is a guitarist. And he's like, yeah, I just didn't feel like writing solos on that album. And yeah. I was like, okay, well. But I had listened to their actual other previous albums, and there was guitar solos on. I was like, okay, well, they can do this. So after listening to the EP, and there was a couple songs on there, and there was solos, I was like, oh, please do this, because this might shoot this album up even higher for me if you're really this good. A good guitar solo can really help make a song. Like, I mean, it really it can bring everything together. Like, it really can. Yeah. And, I mean... Their artwork also is just fantastic. Uh, although the only kind of common thing is that nobody's actually sure how to pronounce their name. 
Is it based? Is it biased? <laughs> I'm like, I guess I'd have to hear it from the band. <laughs> there, is it B B A E S E D or something like that? B no, it's B A E S T. Oh. No D. I think I might have heard a song by them, uh, probably from the ZP actually. Yeah, it may have been the one that Trevor is on. Yeah. Called Gargoyles. Um, but that was our favorite EPs that we listened to this year. Um, so we're going to have to now dive into the real big ones this year. Should we uh, do our honorable mentions before we do that? I mean, if you want to, currently I have to do something else. So I, would, I mean, I only got one. I mean, if you want to do your one mention. And I would have to probably say that would be Kendrick Lamar's new album. I, I'm really spacing on like the full name on it, um, but it it was it was a fun album. Like it almost made my list, but it just there was so much other stuff that kind of like took it over. And like I mean, obviously it's uh, oh it's called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It sounds like a '80s duo, not an '80s, but like a '50s duo group. <laughs> but you know, I usually don't listen to like a lot of like rap. I would say, but Kendrick's the one exception that I'm like. Every time he releases something, I gotta listen to it because he's he's just great. Yeah. And yeah, I mean the album was really good. Like, I mean it was very. I'd say some of his other albums kind of float in, like, but this one is very like. There's a lot of emotion in it. I think something has happened. Like, I think it's just a culmination of life and how life has gone for him as a whole. And yeah, I mean, well, look at the album cover. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. So, I think that there's, you know, good reasoning of thing. But yeah, it almost made it, but it just not. You know, one of those that just didn't quite make the list. But that's probably really my only one. Yeah. So, but now to start off your top ten, your number ten. My number ten. Okay, my number ten would be Lorna Shore. This is the album Pain Remains. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, please get that in there. <laughs> yeah, so for the Pain Remains, like this was actually one of my bigger hyped albums because yeah. I mean I mean to the Hellfire when I first heard To the Hellfire, like I had heard of Lord of Shore before that, and that was when uh, CJ was with them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I was like, oh they're they're really good, like they're really heavy, they're you know good to listen to. And then To the Hellfire was one of the most brutal things I had heard. Like, I was like, Jesus, mercy, like, it just nonstop, like, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I've listened to, like, Cannibal Corpse stuff, but, like, as far as Deathcore goes, it hit hard and heavy, and I was like, okay, I want to see what more they can do, and 
I think what really boosted this um, to make it on the list, like, I mean, some of the songs do get, like, kind of repetitive, I would say. Um, that's probably my biggest complaint. But, like, lyrically, I think ly- lyrically it is some of, of, like, a very emotional stance. Like, a- after I really, like, looked at the lyrics and read them, and I'm like, wow, like, th- there's actually a lot of, you know, as opposed to just deathcore just being deathcore, there's a lot of emotion behind, and you can tell that in Will's voice, but Will is probably one of my favorite vocalists mm-hmm. for deathcore currently. He is not only a good dude, he is just a very talented vocalist. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why I made it on to number 10. Like I said, I have, you know, I have my criticisms about it, but I, I think overall it was worthy of at least number 10. Well, to be fair, this is the only time you're talking about it, so if you have criticisms... No, that's what I mentioned my criticisms. Okay. My, my criticisms were it gets a little repetitive sometimes because there's a lot of, of like the symph, you know, symphony well, orchestra the, sound. Yeah, that's why it's symphonic. Yeah. Or, and so like that, like that, I think they overdo it in some spots, but I mean, you know, hearing that and then hearing like sometimes, like I said, song to song, sometimes there's a little parts like as far as brutalness, like, I think there's some sections where they try to go just like, we're going to make a song that's just all brutal. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Like, I like it, but I could see why that would definitely turn a lot of people off from it. Um, so, yeah, this actually was a very highly anticipated album for me because, like you, we both really liked To the Hellfire. Listened to that EP so much. Yeah. And then we actually got to go see Lorna Shore live, which was our first show since COVID hit, which was really awesome. And yeah, Will does seem like a really cool guy, so that obviously helps. I, I will jump in and say that live, they they were great. Like they were actually probably the best of the night for as far as live. Like they were pretty brutal. <laughs> well, and to your point though, one of my criticisms on this is that the production yeah i think it's a little too much with the it's very loud and stuff well they just really amped up the volume of the yeah that's what i mean like all the background stuff is yeah the atmosphere like and that was to a point that i was noticing when we saw them live is that i'm pretty sure they started their set list later because they were having technical issues with that yeah so that kind of has me wondering if that machine breaks down, are they just going to leave because they don't have the atmospheric yeah. thing behind them? Which is why I think like having like a keyboardist is probably better. Um, and now my initial first listen to this album, I maybe wasn't having like the best situation because I was listening to it with earbuds. Oh, yeah. The production was really getting to me. Um, but I mean, I still, and I went back and I re-listened to it again for this list, and I mean, I kind of lightened up on some tracks that I didn't think were that bad. I still think that the standouts are Sun Eater, um, I actually think Wrath is pretty good, and I do like the Pains trilogy, I just wish people weren't saying that it's like the best song of all time, because I'm like, yeah, you're putting three songs together. And you're saying that's the best song of all time. It's over 20 minutes long. <laughs> which is another factor for me. This album is slightly over an hour long. 
And yeah. I'm like, I can only put up with an hour-long album if there's more progressive stuff in it. Which, no, they are fine musicians. Great guitarist. I'm glad they finally got a bassist, too, because when yeah. we saw them, there was no bassist. Um, however, I still feel like the opening track, Welcome Back, uh, Oh, Sleeping Dreamer, still was nothing. Yeah, I really got nothing. I think they could have just started it with Into the Earth, and it's fine. Yeah. And that's, like, a, and that's that. like another six to seven minute long track. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm waiting here. Um, and if I had a criticism music-wise, he's I'm not saying he's a bad drummer, but it starts to sound like a click machine at some point because of the bass pedal. Well, not, not only that, like, it does, I feel like sometimes it's drowned out within, like you said, you know, there's so much atmospheric stuff going on and everything else that yeah. on top of everything else, unless it's a breakdown, sometimes the drumming kind of gets a little lost. Yeah. So, I mean, be, because I didn't really revisit it, it really fell low for me, but in re-listening to it, it kind of got better, but it still was, like, eh, slightly disappointing to me. That's, that's fair. I mean, that's that's good. Yeah. You know, at least it's valid. I've seen some criticism of it where it's like, I don't know. Some people like to not like things that are getting really popular. And I think that they definitely deserve a little bit of hype for, you know, what they're doing. Like, I, I, I think it's great. But at the same time, I definitely also feel it is pushed a little, you know. Well... The fact that it's getting popular, though, that's why bands are starting to sound like that more yeah. and more. So that's and why that's... I'm kind of like, okay, great, yeah, fantastic. You know? <laughs> I, I actually went back and I re-listened to the Shadow of Intent album. Shadow of Intent, yeah. And now, while I don't love that entire album, because, again, I think it's too long, I thought it felt more cohesive and put together, and this one kind of felt like they were like, we got to get this album out. <laughs> but still, why do you take this long to tell your story um but so now moving on to my number 10 album of the year which also was pretty highly anticipated for me because i have just been becoming a fan of this about this band even though i understand the detractors um and that's ghost imperium <laughs> understand people kind of falling off a ghost because of how popular they've gotten and the last album was not that great to me like i think i liked like half of it um but i was still intrigued to see how ghost would be like this year and i kind of think that this is a little bit of a comeback now there is a small catters to this and that is uh i really did not like 20s <laughs> Yeah. The track 20s, it to me felt 
very stupid. The lyrics were not great. Um, but, but much like how my favorite personal album from them, um, there was one track on there that I didn't like. Now, what also the boosted Ghost for me, as far as this, is that they got a special award from me where it's, while I did not like a certain track from this, most of the album I listened to those songs so many times and I had so many of those like in my top 50 that I listened to I'm like well you get a special award clearly I listen to your most of your songs more than rest so but I just think that hopefully Tobias is kind of going more with this route of instead of trying to go the route like the last album um, and if anybody ever tries to say that this is like a satanic creepy band and stuff like that I'm like he's inspired by 80s pop and if you listen to the album that is what it is it's just catchy things yeah they maybe were darker when they first started yeah there was more satanic influence I would say uh, as far as back in the you know older albums like you know cause I mean year year zero <laughs> definitely Really nose on the head, you know, nail on the head. Yeah. But, yeah, this album, uh... Well, I know that you want to say something, but isn't there a reason okay. why you probably shouldn't? <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, I think that this was a strong comeback. Just maybe don't make one stupid song. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I couldn't help that how catchy it was and... Ghost has actually, well, they've been a while now. They're probably towards the top of a band that I want to see live because I know they put on one hell of a live show. Um, but the reason why, like I just said, you probably should save your thoughts on that. Uh, so let's move on to your next one, which is number nine of this year. <laughs> well, my number nine is Celebrity Therapist by the Callous Dowboys. Obviously, you can tell why I like this band, <laughs> because I, the first time I had heard this band was uh, one of the songs on this album, actually, a brief article regarding time loops. Mm-hmm. The intro. I was like, this is kind of weird. And then I listened to the whole album, and I'm like, oh, that was a light song, because the rest of the album is fucking bonkers. Like, I can't think of any other word that fits it. Bonkers. Because it just... It's so all over the place. Like, one of the standouts I would say is, what is delicious? Who swarms? And it's just... It's just insanity. But it's good insanity. I'm like... It's, it's chaos. It's, it's exactly. It's just... Hardcore chaos. 
and I don't know. I find it. I just find it brilliant. Like I, I love like the nonsensical parts of the album that are just like all over the place. It just fun. Like it's it was it's a fun time listening to, and I really appreciate. I mean, I've mentioned this, you know, multiple times on here. I can forgive music even being bad as long as it's fun. Well, this is good and it's fun. So that just obviously was making the list. <laughs> Well, so, in the, of course, this is the, one of the first ones that you had written down and sent me that I was like, yep, I don't know this, so what am I getting into? And then I was listening to it, and I'm like, oh, I understand why he likes this one. Because <laughs> it's chaos, but then there's, like, some weird progressive-ish kind of things and changes. Like, I was definitely getting strong 12-foot ninja vibe. Yeah, probably. But maybe not as good. <laughs> Um, I, and for me, like, chaos stuff, even leaning towards, like, math core things, it's very hard for me to stay into, because at some point I get kind of like, okay, this is just getting too repetitive and boring. Um, I do do like some of the progressive stuff they do throw in here. I would probably say my personal favorite track was Field Sobriety Practice. Yeah. Um, but I also appreciate... I go from an hour-long album, the last one, to 36 minutes. Yeah, Thank 36 you. Minutes, 37, 36 minutes, 37 seconds. I, I am happy that a chaos album is not, like, 50 or longer, because that is just... Well, I honestly don't think I would have liked it as much mm-hmm. if it was, like, that. But it's literally, like, an hour and a half long. I'd be like, okay, I, I get it, you know? Like, I, I definitely would have been, like, more against it but mm-hmm. I just yeah it's short sweet gets to the point like I, I I appreciate it and also just wanted to throw this in there for a little bit of humor I don't know what it is about the typing thing on your notepad but every time you sent it to me it read as the cactus da boys oh boy so I was very confused I, I can't could, find this band I can't find a band called the cactus boys <laughs> Sounds like a. Sounds just like, oh my god! It sounds just like a country album. We're the Cactus yeah. Boys, um, and they would probably have a track on there. I got punched in the face for sticking my nose in people's business. Yeah, hello, wedding singer quote. <laughs> um. So yeah, now to move on to my next number nine album of the year. Uh, is from the band called Ripped to Shreds. I believe it's called Judin? Justin? This is a project that I had been 
kind of seen stuff on. Uh, it was mostly a one-person band. At one point, I believe his name is Andrew Lee. He's of Chinese descent, and he apparently was really into like the old death metal scene. He was really into Morbid Angel. Got he kind of liked a mixture of like the U.S. stuff, but he also really liked the technical stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, European scene. So he kind of wanted to try to mix that a little bit. Um, I can tell. I listened to the album that came out, I believe it was last year. And I was like, yeah, I do like this. Uh, I just felt like the production on the vocal wasn't great. And, I mean, that may have been because he probably produced it, I think, (laughs) since he has his hands on everything. Um, However, the difference that I heard about this album is that he actually now has hired a full-time band around him because he wanted to find people that could play what you could play and stuff like that. But I, maybe they could also give influence. I don't know. This could be a behemoth thing, though, where yeah. he writes everything. and They're just there to be there. Yeah, to yeah. be there to play. But, I mean, as far as like the sound and stuff, he found very good players, from what I can tell. Uh, I think the drum work is really good. I think the bass and the guitar tones are very nice. Um, and this overall, to me, has felt like a giant compilation to dedicate to all types of death metal because there's de- there's obviously brutal death metal then there's also death doom appearing and let's see um, it's hard to read the full name because the first part of it is in ch- Chinese but it, the then quote is in solitude sun moon holy cult part 3 I don't know what the part 2 and 1 were <laughs> but there's a section there that turned into Hooded Menace, and if you know me and how much I love Hooded Menace, I was like, oh my god. Um, and then even like the last track, which is the longest name, but the shortest song, it's literally like 45 seconds. Just, and we're done. Also, you got like a little bit of grindcore in there too, especially with that song. Uh, Reek of Burning Freedom is a, also a track that's played a lot. Uh, I Now, my only kind of criticisms of Knocked It Down is that I could definitely see how the vocal would get on somebody's nerves. Uh, it didn't bother me, of course, that much, but it did. It was like, well, this is not the strongest part of it. Um, and But I just think that the playing of this, this band, I feel like maybe even their next album, they could get really good and big with after that. But this is also is getting a lot of attention, and Andrew Lee is a big, you know, promoter for Chinese representation in metal. So that's what he's trying to do. Um, and it, it's also a telling that somebody that I watched who talked about this album said the only real criticism I could come up with is, why aren't there heads on their guitars? <laughs> It looks stupid, <laughs> but that's the only criticism he gave it—a <laughs> visual thing. But yeah, no, I'm curious what you thought of it, Dan. So I, I didn't really know what to go into it um, because I saw like the Chinese lettering, and I was like, okay. And I like, I'm not—it didn't necessarily turn me off or anything because I actually have been really getting into a lot of like foreign to us metal. Yeah. Um, because like. Yeah, you know, you got U.S., Europe, you know, mostly North America and Europe are, like, big prominence of metal. But, like, 
you know, this year I've really been sparking out in a lot of like South American metal, yeah. which is ridiculously good. I mean, you know, we have like Soulfly and stuff, but like there's other bands that I think I've told you about. But yeah, getting, you know, Asian metal, like there's a lot of re- like really good Asian metal artists that like don't get looked. One of the well, best punk bands of all time is Asian. Yeah. Well, also another hard part is that there's so many countries in there. <laughs> but one that really, I think my notes basically say, this sounds like Black Death. Because I get the death metal influence, but his voice reminds me so much of like a black metal singer. Like, just the way it, it's like, almost like a screech it's very reminiscent of like about second wave black metal and i was like okay and so i think the ones i like one that like because i just put this on in my car okay like i didn't i didn't look at the song titles or stuff and then yeah. one song just came up my car freaks out when it has like any kind of lettering that's like not from the u.s <laughs> so like it's very hard to like like especially like chinese lettering yeah so it just came up and said race trader and i'm like yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, and, and like the lyrics wouldn't come up, and I'm like, can you kind of have me listen to again? But then I was like listening to the rest of the songs, the Rika Burning Freedom, and like the Pereg, Peregrination to the Unborn Eternal Mother, which I both liked, like both of them, but it definitely was like, oh, okay, I kind of get what they're going with this. Yeah. Then. But I was like, you know, that kind of was just like, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, again, you. That's why it's like if you just go based on the title name. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like race trader. I'm like, I mean, to be fair, Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> it like if this would have came up and like if like Rammstein made a song like this, I'd probably be a little more worried. But um, but yeah, no, this album was actually it was really fun. Like, I mean, it's definitely it probably wouldn't have made my list um, yeah. necessarily, but I really appreciate when I see other countries getting especially yeah. China like I don't I don't think I've ever heard any Chinese music like so especially for it to be metal coming from over there like yeah I'm excited like well, you know it's yeah. better than just getting imported like little plastic cups at Walmart I'd rather have this kind of stuff imported <laughs> well they might be of heritage from there but they're from here okay well I, I mean still like you definitely like you see what I'm saying like yeah the stylist like because there's definitely a stylistic choice within you know especially uh like god what's that uh crystal lake yeah they're japanese mm-hmm. and like you know it's nice getting that kind of influence because obviously culture wise like you can bring in like, like i said a lot of the south american music a reason why i like a lot of it is they have a lot of trumpets in it huh. Real fun. Like, it, it almost sounds like you're sitting in a Mexican restaurant that got, like, designed by just a metal artist. Like, I love it. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, while I may not fully agree with you on the lyric, on the singing-wise, one thing I also want to point out, I like how he threw in the constant, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a throwback to old, other classic death metal stuff. Um, so yeah, that was Ripped to Shreds, uh... There's a funny thing here for this next album, though, that you're saying, Damon. Uh, what, what's your number eight? Ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
obviously talked about Ghost already, so uh, the floor is now for you, Damon. Um, so as far as, you know, Ghost goes, like, I'm kind of up and down with it. Um, like, because the last album, you know, I was not really a fan of. I listened to a couple songs, and I'm like, this seems like they're going more, like, poppy almost. Like, yeah, definitely Yeah, this album. Definitely. Just, well, you get what I'm saying. Um, but this one, this one actually, like, you know, it feels like they're going more towards some of their older stuff. Um, as far as, like, I feel like the power with, in some of the music, like, you know, obviously, you just played Hunter's Moon. That was great. That was honestly the best part of Halloween Kills. Kills, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, Spillways was another really good one, like, yeah. um, and then the other one, I really like Watcher in the Sky and then Darkness at the Heart of My Love. Yeah, you told me a little bit ago that that song was really growing on you. Yeah, I, I really am a fan of, like, I hope Ghost keeps this, like you said, keeps this direction because this is, like, this is the kind of Ghost that I like. Yeah. Like, you have a little bit of that rock in there, but it doesn't have to be heavy. Like, you know, like, they call me a little sunshine. That's just a fun, like, it's groovy, like, it's melodic. Like, it's just a fun song, and it's like, okay, like, you know, you just sit in your car and you can just be like, yeah, like, okay, I like this. Like, you know, this is... Taking a ride with Satan. I feel like you could... This this album specifically, actually, I feel like you could transition someone who's kind of interested in getting kind of more rock music. This would be a perfect transition album to be like, okay, this, you know, listen to this and kind of start, you know. I mean, I would also say like this or, uh... Oh gosh, the third album, which is my personal favorite, uh, would be like a good introduction to them. Yeah, like I, I really feel like because this is you know especially with Hunter's Moon, I, I feel like they are getting a little more mainstream. You, like you think I they mean, are having well having a song in like a big horror movie? Yeah, like I mean well, obviously. I mean, cause cause I just always was like. So they were like, oh, hey, what's a popular band right now? Oh, who has creepy imagery? Ghost. Uh, maybe if we offer them some money, we can use the licensing for a song that we'll play in the credits. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the rest of it was dog shit. But at least, you know, at least we got, you know, Hunter's Moon out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, also, just because I can't remember, what did you think of 20s? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the weakest song in the probably the whole album. I would say. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that was your number eight. Yep. Uh, my number eight was also a very highly anticipated album for me, and that is Oceans of Slumber.
absolutely love when a singer can get emotion out of me. I I labeled her as like the Adele of metal right now. And ever since I listened to their first album that got recommended to me, I was like, okay, I do like this. Uh, but, you know, the overall, I was like, eh, I felt a little bit long and kind of drawn out. The second album after that, which I would still say I like slightly more than this, um, just propelled them. This, uh, de- this kind of progressive death doom, well, not even death doom, just doom, with this very soulful black woman singer behind in front of it. I'm like, she is amazing, and I just love the tone of all their instruments behind her. Um, she has propelled to probably my top three of metal singers. I would say her, Tatiana, and uh, Melissa Bonney. Um, but while she may not do the growling stuff at all, she knows what she can do, and that's hit those soaring, soulful notes and in the in the song Salvation, which is basically just like a giant build-up song, to when she then just belts it out there at the end, I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, but then you also have strong ones like The Lighthouse, which felt almost kind of feels like a preaching kind of song because you know, press your heads together, bow your head. But I was like, this sounds very catchy and stuff, so I'm fine with that. Um, but then things like the Red Forest Roads, Hanging Tree is a strong one. And then they kept their tradition with the last album where they didn't necessarily close with, but it's always the second song right before the album ends, which is a cover. And they did a cover of House of the Rising Sun, which I thought was a very good cover. Um, my only criticisms that knocked down really was that... The song, the track, uh, The Spring of 21, which is just like a piano kind of interlude, went just a little too long. It does kind of set up the next track, but I felt like you could have gone from like a 320 song to like a minute and a half, and I would have been fine. But that's when it kind of was like, okay, this is kind of going just a little bit long. So that was the only kind of thing that knocked it down a little. Other than that, I like how the band is perfectly fine with just playing what they should be playing and letting her be front and center. But this one, they did throw in a little bit more progressive stuff in there. The drummer did a little bit more work, a little bit more solos too. So I absolutely love the direction they're going with and they are towards the top of now. My, some of my favorites and they're from Texas too. What did you think? <laughs> so actually, um, this is my favorite album that you sent to me on your list. Um, I I never heard of these people like ever. Like I I've never heard of this band before, and this album was just beautiful. Like it's emotional. Like she, she is a fantastic. Like I I really get like the whole reference to like the Dale of Metal because yeah. really she. You can just feel like the emotion and the voice, and clearly, like she's speaking on topics that are very personal to her. Yeah. Like I mean, if like some of these songs, like, and I, you know, I disagree about the Spring of Twenty One. I love piano, so 
I'm sitting there like, I, oh, well, yeah, small okay. criticism. <laughs> um, and then it, you know, goes into just a day. Uh, House of the Rising Sun, that was actually a pretty solid cover because, you know, I'm a little weary when classic rock gets covered because it's yeah. either going to be solid or, you know, well, like like well, when Six Feet Under did TNT. No. <laughs> well, that's no. Six Feet Under. <laughs> yeah, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, bands tend to ruin songs when they cover them. Now... On the last album, they did a typo negative song, and it okay. and it rivals typo in my opinion. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to. I'm definitely gonna be yeah. checking out more of this band. I think my favorite song is the Lighthouse, though. Yeah. I actually, it's just I was listening to it and like, yeah, like, it's it. You're right. It's very rare when like a band can like really pull some emotion out of me, like mm-hmm. you know, because the little emotion that I do have, it it really. Is hard to really, you know, suck it out of me. Well, this band can, you know, it managed to do it. Like, yeah. well, because it is a very emotional album. <laughs> emotional. Um, for, from what I heard with the last album, that was them actually at, like, their songwriting angriest. Yeah. Because of all the shit that was going on in the world. Well, then I definitely need and, to uh, check that one out, too. This one definitely felt more like, okay, shit has definitely gone sideways, so we uh, need to deal with this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, uh, curious now, Damon. What is next on yours at your number seven? My number seven is the album Comedian from Without Waves. So, first off, I got to point out the album cover is fucking really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, but I think it's symbolic of something. Like, well, it's definitely a throwback to, I've seen other kind of bird themed albums. Yeah. And the first thing that you pointed out to me was, sounds sort of like Deftones. <laughs> Who would have thought? One of my favorite bands, I like an album that sounds similar to them. Yeah. Um, but no, this album, like, it, it really was kind of actually more last minute, um, I think, as opposed to some that, like, I've listened to, like, Ghost, that where I listened to it kind of when it came out. Yeah. Um, but so was this one that just popped up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just searching new music, and it kind of just came out of nowhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I actually, I just happened to... Uh, really kind of get into them and I didn't expect to because I after I heard good grief I was like okay I'm like all right and then but then like when I got to algorithm I was like okay like I kind of get a thing and then sleep deep and do what scares you both like I was like okay I'm in this like I actually do enjoy kind of what they're going with here because mm-hmm. um, lyrically like you know it, it is very it's brutal like and sound wise yeah like 
I think it's almost disjointed in a way, like because you, you mean following that line of chaos a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. You seem to, you seem to have a theme here. I love my chaos, <laughs> and I, I kind of you know I, I obviously dig that style of music that's just kind of all over the place, just angry and just in your face. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of why it made it up so high for me, as opposed yeah. to you know. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, I liked my ghost and all that, but like this, it just, it hit me just that right spot, you know. Right, right in the belly button? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, I just took a guess. Right in the center. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this was, you actually had a few more on here that I definitely did not know about this year. Uh, this was definitely one of them, I was like, without waves, <laughs> what is this going to be? I briefly looked at the album cover. I was like, okay, well, that's definitely a throwback to some albums I remember. Um, started listening to it, Good Grief, and I was like, wait, they have a title track called Good Grief? Is this a Charlie Brown interlude? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, when I first listened, when the only time I really listened to this, unfortunately, I couldn't really look at the title name, so I'm not necessarily sure on that. Um but yeah, I like I mentioned to you, I felt like this whole album was like a dedication to like the Deftones as their discography because there was definitely like throwbacks to when they first started, like that kind of fast chaos. Like, yeah. da, 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 da. But then it started to transition to like their more kind of slower and methodical. <laughs> um, really trying to tell like a story almost with their lyrics and I was like, okay, well, these guys are clearly worshippers of this band, so I would say, like, that part where it's, like, the hardcore stuff, their production just was better. Like, you know, the original one was kind of raw and things yeah. like that with Deftones, but that's because they were just starting. Um, and, I mean, like you, I do really like the Deftones. They're just not as high up for me. Yeah. But I did, I, did, I did actually really enjoy this. I was... Personally, way happier that you put this on here that I didn't have to talk about another album you initially put on here. That's fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I had no complaints on it. I'm actually now uh, following them, so I'll check out some of their other stuff whenever it comes out. Uh, so now moving on to mine number seven, which there's a very weird correlation here, Damon, uh, because mine number seven... Also was a pretty highly anticipated because it's also a pretty big band that was recently mentioned by you a little bit ago, and that is the uh, legendary German band. part here damon to me is a what what's your number six it's my number six yeah oh yeah 
So. Guess we can kind of just throw this together. So we had a matchup. Well, okay. well eh. Because <laughs> mine was number seven, yours is number six. So yeah. it's, kind But of we can just so. throw this together yeah. to the long thing. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely have been a big Rammstein fan ever since I heard Du Hast. Uh, my only f- criticisms ever on their albums were, I understand that you like the techno kind of disco kind of thing, but kind of go back to just the guitar stuff and the heavy metal things that you do. Um, which, while on the last album, I think that like they have songs like uh, Deutschland and stuff like that that are now like they're giant epics. Yeah. Um, there was just a few tracks on there. I was like, okay, yeah, here's the disco kind of thing, light show, and, which, no... I will put up with that if I'm seeing Rammstein live because I've watched clips of their live shows and that's amazing. Um, but I was very intrigued by Zeit here and all of it, I liked it all because there was like none of that here. They were like, we're just going to do heavy metal, chords and stuff like that. I'd say it tips its toe a little bit. I mean, the keyboard kind of does, but... It doesn't get, like, hardcore. It like, doesn't just, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Which is what would drive me nuts at some point. Um, but I think that... T- t- if you look at it, you're going to say it wrong. It says zick-zack. Tick-tock, <laughs> <laughs> tick-tock, which is the last one. Uh, I don't know if lyrically-wise, but I like how the video is like a stamp on like the Motley crew trying to stay relevant and things like that. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I don't think I've seen the video, so I need to check yeah, that out. Yeah, you do. Um, my, probably my favorite track is Angst. Just, I love that chord and that build with it. Um, I like the end of Angst because yeah. it starts to get into like the, almost like, pushing his voice out where it's like Mm -hmm. yeah like the breakdown part of it I really like that when he sings the yeah and I do like how this is a band that'll go from talking about a serious topic like you know things in Germany's history that we're not proud of but we're gonna talk about it to then kind of doing all the sex stuff (laughs) Because they like to have a sense of humor and things like that. Because we we both know that we really enjoy Till as a vocalist yeah. and a writer and stuff. Like, and then we you know even jump into like Lindemann. <laughs> and then you know a song like Dickleton. Yeah. Uh, that's about as what you think it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I actually, that's probably my favorite song in the whole, I love the start of it. The yeah. Which I would see as a good, like, live. Oh, I think that would be, like, more of an anthem type. He'd really get the crowd into it. But, yeah, no, personally for me, as far as, like, Rammstein goes, like, I always, like, enjoy Rammstein, like, even though I don't understand pretty much 99% of what they're saying. Yep. It doesn't matter to me because yeah. 
it's it's fun and you know I know that you don't really like the techno thing I think that's just a German thing Germans love techno yeah music. they do like if you if you go to Germany like they have raves still, yeah. still like they love their they love their techno but yeah like this was definitely heavier than the last album and like there's some like you know but they, they're having a good time with it though oh yeah like, that's the biggest thing is it's not only good music and very well put together and like done like the um uh, i can't even think of the word like the mixing the mixing is yeah. very well on this mm-hmm. but it's just it's a good time to listen to like you know because yeah like there's a couple songs that are definitely very serious like i feel like angst is definitely a serious song Oh yeah, the, but then the video the, definitely shows the, that. The dick kitten, yeah. yes, <laughs> that's it's just goofy. <laughs> like the whole song's just goofy, but it's a good time. So I think that's probably uh, why it made it to six for me because it just yeah. Now, now if I had one small criticism on yeah. here that just knocked it a little bit because that's what happens when I'm doing these top tens. I'm like I have to get nitpicky. So the second to last song, Luden Lugan. Uh, there's just a moment where they put an effect on his voice that I was just kind of like, eh, it wasn't the strongest thing to do. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But that only lasts a few seconds. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And uh, I'm not necessarily sure how to pronounce this. Nigtrin. Uh, it's after OK, which I know is just an abbreviation about what they actually say. That definitely reminded me of the song Muter. Which is one of my personal favorite Rammstein songs. I think it's pronounced my Mind Frannen or something something similar. I, I, I don't speak German, obviously. <laughs> I, Neither I'd one like of to, us do. I, I would like to because I think Germany is German is probably the funniest language of all time because it is like when you when you listen to someone speak German, mm-hmm. they sound like they're pissed off. Yeah. Even like. The, literally, the word for hospital there is Krakenhaus. And if you want to say an ambulance, Krakenwagen. It's like, yeah, it's like, Kose Krakenwagen. You're just like, you, you don't have to yell. Like, the 911 calls there must just be ridiculous. Like, I, I would, like, I've heard USS, the uh, US, like, 911 calls. Mm-hmm. They're pretty, you know, some of them are funny, some of them are, like, crazy. Yeah. I bet theirs is just nonsensical, and I would just, I feel like someone needs to find me that. Yeah. But yeah, so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed, but I knew it wouldn't happen. I, they had their first U.S. tour this year since COVID, so I was kind of sad that I missed it. next that. time they come, like, I will go jerk off an elf or something, because like, I need to make would some... Would you go to Chicago? Yes. I know that's a big that's step for you. A few reasons. I hate Chicago. <laughs> One of my least favorite cities of all time. But I will. I would go to Chicago to see Rammstein. Now, across the country, probably not. Mm, yeah. But if they were within like at least a three, four hour driving distance, mm-hmm. I would make. I've made trips for stupider shit. You know, mm-hmm. I made longer trips for some more stupid shit. So I would definitely drive a couple hours to see a band that's literally. I mean, by the time I get to see them, they're going to be on, like, album 37, so... Which, honestly, that's something that's kind of not brought up, is that they have been the same members since their inception in 1999. 
That's so, kind of a red fang. <laughs> yeah. That, which means none of them get on each other's nerves. Oh, I bet they do, but well, they, they make yeah. it work. Um, and clearly, after all of Till's things that he's gone through now, the band still stands behind him. But, yeah, I love their live show from what I've seen. So I guess you can go ahead and jump into your number six. <laughs> yeah, well, just because that was your number six, I guess I get to jump into my number six, uh, which was a new album from a band that I have been very high on that I don't hear enough people around me talk about, and that's Revocation. Nether Heaven from Revocation. Uh, I have been a big fan of this band ever since I came across their Dismantle the Dictator video in school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think I was actually in like, I was like in a program and I was like fine like everybody else like had to continue studying. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? They're like, well, just watch YouTube if you want to. I'm like, okay. So I was just watching some old you know, videos that I'd seen, and all of a sudden, this thing popped up on my feed of, we suggest Revocation, Dismantle the Dictator. I was like, well, I like the title, so I'll listen to it, and I watched it, and I was just like, what the hell? I'm just seeing this, like, three-piece band, uh, and this, like, bald guitarist that's also the singer, like, just shredding on his guitar and stuff, and I was like, (laughs) who the fuck is this? The bass work was also amazing again. And it didn't sound like a three-piece. It sounded like a five-piece. Um, now, they have kind of now, since then, shifted from a four-piece to a three-piece to a four-piece. It's kind of like a, do they have another guitarist? Can you fix that? Because you're making me want some, like, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I've actually now found out a bit more about this band uh the guitarist who's the main writer of everything um also went to juilliard isn't amazing how that works (laughs) imagine that he's an amazing guitarist and he went to juilliard i always think that's like i actually get a chuckle out of stuff like that where it's like uh yeah like uh with like the beetlejuice thing like when he makes the like they're like oh he qualified yeah and then he goes into like all his credentials but it's like that it's like Okay, you went to like one of the most prestigious music schools of all time. I'm in revocation. Like yeah. I'm like a brutal metal band, so I always get a chuckle out of stuff like that. Well, to me, the thing that really drove me to them is that they're like several styles put together because they'll go from like brutal death to like thrash, yeah, and then pro- some more progressive stuff. Like because they're also very jazz oriented. I can actually, I, I get, I kind of get that actually a little bit. Um, yeah. You can kind of hear like, you know, there, there's definitely pay, like a pace to it yeah. um, in certain parts. So yeah, I, I can kind of see that. 
it's a little bit more prevalent in their earlier albums where they would put yeah. more jazzy kind of stuff in there. They've kind of been kind of focusing their sound a little bit more, not kind of droning off, as some might call it. But I do like how they always have to include at least one, maybe even two instrumental tracks just to be like, yeah, you're hearing us shred and do all this stuff, but now you're just going to hear it. Um, but I, I think uh, Nihilistic Violence is one of the definite top songs of the year. It, it starts off with an amazing one, uh, but then I also absolutely love the closing track. Well, yeah. <laughs> because, because not only did they bring in Trevor Strand but again before he died, just like Best did, but then they also got Corpse Grinder. <laughs> and when he hits, oh my god, I love that. Because it's just like the start of like a breakdown, and he just you just hear the voice, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> like... But for me, I, I like I definitely like the the close recrucified is just yeah. it's a one I mean even if they weren't in it it's still a badass song yeah um, that I like uh, lessons in the occult theft yeah and uh, galleries of morbid artistry like those two probably were my biggest stick outs mm-hmm. um, and I, I I do like you know the whole instrumental thing like that doesn't really bother me as much as opposed to like. I know some people, but I really like animals as leaders, and that's all instrumental. So yeah, I mean, I have an appreciation and affinity for yeah. animals as leaders because there's amazing musicians. It's just hard for me to stay into an all instrumental with no music yeah, album. No. I never used to have this issue, but now ever since I've been into this stuff, it's kind of eh, hard for me. But yeah, that's fair. But yeah, no, this album for me. Um, because when you mentioned it to me, I was like, I don't really think I know them. Like, And then I looked at it, and I'm like, I fucking know these guys. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I've heard a lot of these songs. Like, not a lot of them, but I've at least heard a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a good album. <laughs> like, I was like, okay. like, See, this is my problem is I always forget, like, you know, I'm going to have the same trouble when we decide to do movies of the year. Yeah. I always forget about everything that comes out, like, all, like, through the time. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just happened to forget it came out. And it probably would have made my list, honestly. This was the start of albums that I was like, I can't think of a criticism. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very solid. Because number one, it's a progressive kind of... (laughs) Holy shit, you okay? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) That kind of came out of nowhere. A progressive-ish thrash death metal album that is... Not even 45 minutes long, so that's already a start. It's close. It's 44, 48. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they're like, no, not 45. A couple more seconds. They, they would have, you know, he would have droned on a little too long. Yeah. <laughs> they might have got something, but. but. yeah, I honestly really didn't have much. I, I thought the production also was really strong, so. so. That's my number six. Uh, so now we are in. The top five albums of 2022. And Damon, would you like to start with us off? <laughs> yes. Uh, so mine's actually a self-titled album, and it is Stone Statues.
So, stone statues, actually, I found these guys um, probably about six months ago. And wow. I had heard the song, The End. Um, it was on the radio. And I just fell in love. Like, I love her voice. It's, it's I just think it's beautiful. Like, I really do. And then I looked it up, and, of course, she's this cute little redheaded girl. And I'm like, oh, this is adorable. Like, she's so cute. But it's fun. Like, I mean, this this album is, is very melodic. Like, I think I brought up, it reminds me of Bjork, old school Bjork stuff. Um, That's what you mentioned, right? And then it's just, I don't know, it, all of the band itself is really talented. I mean, aside from her being a singer, like, the band itself is very talented. Like, the guitarist is good. Really like the drums in it. Even the bass, you can hear some good bass lines. Like, but as as a whole, like, I think that they really culminate. Like, I feel like they, they probably have known each other. Yeah, probably. Because it definitely feels like togetherness on it. Um... But yeah, they're from Iceland, so you can definitely, I mean, they definitely have an Iceland twinge to them. Um, they're used to green. Yeah, right? And yeah, I mean, it, it just, it was a very fun out, and like, I, I just happened to love it. Like, it, like th- that's the thing about all my albums, is I love every single one of my albums. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have many criticisms of it, um, really, I mean... I mean, based on what I've also seen, this is their debut album. Unless they have one that I don't know of. Not that I was aware of. Um, I mean, I I was also kind of like, okay. I was just happy to see, like, you know, something that wasn't chaotic or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, this definitely gave... I told you this, that to me, she kind of like sounded like a combination of uh, Janice... Joplin and uh, Joan Jett, and then Alanis Morissette too, because um, she kind of had like that kind of raw kind of vibe to her voice. Uh, I would say like this could probably like rival another album that are like this year, Hailstorm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I like the power behind her voice. Like it's, yeah. I like you said, you know, this being kind of a their like breakthrough album. Yeah, they're like. It's definitely potential for her to like grow because like Lizzie Hale's been doing it for a while. Like Hellstorm yeah. has been, you know, and so maybe if like she has time to develop her voice a little more, she could really because like right now she can pelt it out. So mm-hmm. I I have a lot of hopefulness that you know maybe if they release one next year that it you know does just as good. Yeah, no, I thought I think it's a strong you know self titled opening now. Um, it do, it did, however, provide a joke where I was like, so the band is called Stone Statues. The album is called Stone Statues. There's also a title track called Stone Statues. Yeah, you know, Bad Company on Bad Company yeah, by Bad, bad Company. company. <laughs> or like last year, Knife. Knife on Knife. Knife. Knife on Knife on Knife. <laughs> that, that's just always funny whenever it's like that. No, I... Uh, yeah, I never really have much criticisms on it. Uh, again, I thought the album length was perfect for this kind. Like, what was it, like 36 minutes? Uh, let me tell you that, actually. <laughs> I can pull that up right now. It is exactly 36 minutes and 27 seconds. Yeah. And, yeah, that's that's a good, like, I, I like albums about 40, 45 minutes. That's about my, 
thing because like granted i did have some longer ones on but yeah i had something to bring up to you later about that <laughs> yeah so yeah but like normally like that's about the length i like it because any longer than that if i'm not really into it mm-hmm. i'm kind of like okay ready for the next one <laughs> uh so your number five stone statues okay so moving on to my number five uh this was basically it started to become like whichever one of these two albums for me uh which would be my favorite death metal album of the year basically one was going to be more towards number one and the other one was going to fall to number five um and this one i have become a gigantic fan of this band so i was very looking forward to this album and it really did not disappoint and that's survival of the sickest by bloodbath legendary Swedish supergroup band that has gone from singers like Michael Ackerfell from Opeth to other kind of ones that kind of can't lose my name on. But this is their third album with who is given the nickname Old Nick. Because <laughs> I think he's like in his upper 40s or something. But he's also the singer of Paradise Lost. Oh, yeah. That's why that voice sounded familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and so their first album they released with him, like, people did like it that were fans of this super group, but they were also kind of like, eh, this feels a little bit too slowish and atmospheric. I'm like, well, because that's what he's used to. That's what Paradise Lost does. Um, then their second album they did with him, I thought was much stronger, a little bit closer to, like, what bloodbath is known for um and then this album i agree also with a lot of people that talk about this this is his strongest one with the band because this is straight down to like this is bloodbath again there's definitely some atmospheric things in there to kind of balance out with his stuff that he likes but they are just like we're going full force and I also felt like he, old man Nick, felt like he had something to prove because he was hearing criticisms that he wasn't brutal enough. I'm like, I think he heard that and was like, oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> um, the But again, the music work is always the thing I like a lot with Bloodbath. That's why I became a giant fan of them. Um, now, there, and I told you this beforehand i don't know if you remember but there was a little bit of a correlation with the fact that you put napalm death as your favorite yeah ep because barney the vocalist of napalm death 
appears in the second song, Putering Corpse. <laughs> yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh. He just added so much to that for, for that little bit of variety. But I I like how they were able to be so brutal but still have like the catchy vibes of it. Like Zombie Inferno is was very catchy. I also really liked uh, Carved because it has like that throwback to like a cannibal corpse kind of vibe where it's just like the whole crowd can just go carved carved um to die also was another big one but the closing track yeah that's no god for me is awesome and just that slow drum guitar tone and the build up to it i was just like this sounds like the gates of hell that i'm walking into and also, I have to give them another prop that they decided to go with a title like this because it's also the title of a Saliva album <laughs> that they then made brutal. <laughs> yeah. So just that's another point for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, for me, one, this is my favorite album cover of yeah. all the bands that you sent me. Um, Honestly, though, if like if you just took like the the name of the album off the cover and just put Cannibal Corpse on top of it, I'd be like, yeah, 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 because <laughs> it looks literally just like a Cannibal Corpse album. Yeah. Um. But yeah, No God Before Me is uh definitely my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's just that's the song that I heard before I heard the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's it's brutal. Like it is. It's very just atmospheric too and i kind of dig that um yeah the chanting at the end too i really like uh the malignant maggot therapy yeah <laughs> that's, that's a fun one again kind of a throwback to the old school brutal titles yeah and then tales of melting flesh that was another <laughs> that was another fun one uh yeah but overall like yeah it's, it's a very solid i mean it's death metal like yeah yeah well like, the thing to me that is very awesome about bloodbath is that they are of the playing style of the european scene but they're like we wanted to replicate like what was happening in florida and stuff to like basically show oh hey we can do that but we can be a little bit more technical than you which when they had uh, michael ackerfeld that i think is when they're at their peak plus the singer looks like me if i decided (laughs) to shave my head bald and worn sunglasses yeah, he does. So, you, you know what? You're old man Nick. Yeah, old man Damon. <laughs> old old man. Damon. Get off my fucking lawn, you <laughs> stupid kids! So yeah, that was my number five. So breaking out of the number five, what is your number four, Damon? <laughs> well, my number four is a band called Paleface, and their album is. I just want to make sure that I got it right. Mm-hmm. Fear and Dagger. Yeah. 
So, Paleface is probably, this is one of the more brutal albums I've heard this year, because it is fucking angry, and I think it's angry at God, because the title, the first, like, opening track is 666, and then a couple out songs later, it's Make a Deal with the Devil, and then go down a little bit more, it's God Looks the Other Way. So I'm going to make an assumption here, <laughs> you know, just a little deduction. But it's just, I remember hearing uh, one of the songs off of this, and I was like, okay, like, it's pretty brutal, you know? Because I had actually found them from their last album, and their last album was the, the last election. Great album. Very heavy and angry, and so, like, I found out that they released a new album this year. And I was just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy needs some Xanax and maybe a Pepto-Bismol cup because he is mad and he is yelling. They're also from Switzerland. Yes. Hey, I don't know what they had to be so angry about. They live in fucking Switzerland. Uh, there's a lot of shit going on there. So, they're very unhappy about living in Switzerland. <laughs> and it shows because... Holy shit, every song in here is literally him just fucking screaming, and it is awesome. It is so fucking angry and brutal. There was no way it was not making it on my list, especially high up, because my only complaint, my biggest complaint to it is the length. It's, let's see, an hour and six minutes. So, that's a heck of a thing, but there's a ton of songs, so... I mean, I guess it's, it's I can I can listen to albums longer as long as there's a bunch of songs and it's not just like three songs that are like thirty seven minutes long each. But yeah, it's it just I had so much fun listening to this because it is just so fucking brutal. Well, here's where we're gonna defer a little. So, I, I and I understand why this appealed to you. I when I listened to it and I saw the cover and you initially showed it to me, I was like. No, this is Damon. I understand why he likes this. Um, I, however, have been hearing things. I, I didn't really listen to the genre that much, but I'd always heard people saying, like, there's a genre in the metal called Slam yeah, that either has the hardcore people behind them or people can't fucking stand it because it's like a section of hardcore but just... You know, the pounding riff and things like that. I kind of immediately understood where they were coming from with this, because, like like you, you mentioned the interlude 666. I was like, okay, this is going on a little too long, though. <laughs> and I remember thinking, wait, isn't this album over an hour? Uh, so that is also one of my biggest criticisms. Uh and the fact of a slam album that is like punk meets hardcore. And then later on, I got the vibe of new metal. <laughs> this should not be an hour long. Uh, I got about. I got to a point where I was like, okay, how much longer do I have on this album? 
that's never a good sign, in my opinion. And I looked at it, I was like, I'm halfway through! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do think that there's a couple of strong tracks on here. I do like God Looks the Other Way. Um, Also, I think Orphan is a pretty good one, too. But when I got to a point where, and I can't remember which track it is, I think it might be Hellhole? Where it's just, like, hip-hop new metal. I was just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I could barely finish this album. Because for it just being just, dan, 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 I'm angry, I'm angry. Best off, like, God, and stuff like this. I'm like, what? yeah, I, I get <laughs> It did not need to be this long. So my giant criticisms are, if you're going to have this over an hour long album, you got to do more than this. And maybe throw in some variety with your lyrics too, because the same thing got old for me. That's that's completely fair. Like, like you mentioned, it's not for everybody. Like there's certain, you know, especially genres, like it's... It definitely doesn't fit everybody's thing. I just, I don't know. I like the intensity of it. Um, oh, it has that hardcore yeah. intensity. I would love to see them live because I have a feeling... I'd be scared of that show, though. <laughs> I'm going to get punched in the face, aren't I? <laughs> Probably. Like, and that's kind of why I want to go because, like, I think that seeing this live would just be... Oh, my God. Like, I, you know, Cannibal Corpse was hardcore. There was people leaving with blood on them. Yeah. This, people are going to leave... And ambulances. Yeah. I want to go to that show. <laughs> and if I'm lucky, I'm one of the ones leaving in the ambulance. Like, it sounds like a good time. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. But, that you know, that's that's fair. Like, not everything... I like that there's a little bit of deference because we've been pretty, as consistent. far as liking, we've been consistent on, you know, we like about the same stuff. So, I'm glad there was one on there that definitely, at least one for now, that made you go... Yeah. Well, there would have been two if you kept one of the other albums on there. All right, well, we're going to buy the cat out of the bag. I liked Rain City Drive's album, and he did not like it, which is fair. When you, when, you, when you listened to that and said, I'm saying this, did it come into your head, he's not going to like this album? Yes. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling you wouldn't like it. And then you took it off, so I was like, well, now, I li- now I listen to that for nothing. Well, luckily, yeah, now I do listen to it for nothing. That's the funniest part, too. Because then I get I put on stone statues instead. So you're number four, Pale Face. Yes. Um, so my number four is a band that I had I'd known about, kind of followed, because I listened to their... <laughs> oh my gosh, David. That kind of game out of nowhere. If that got picked up, wow. Uh, but anyway. Wait, the dog's barking. <laughs> but anyway. My apologies, uh, everybody. I, I did like their initial albums, but I wasn't a giant fan. Then their latter half I thought got better. Uh, I thought the previous album was pretty strong, but this I thought was way better, and that is Fit for an Autopsy. Oh, what the future holds.
this shot up so high for me because lyrically wise, this just connected with me on so many things that I believe. Like, this is also funny coming off a pale face, how that hit something for you about how you felt. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, yeah. This to me was kind of hitting those marks, but, you know, being more progressive and technical on it. <laughs> and um, shorter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 45 minutes. <laughs> um, but uh, I just felt like the songwriting was so much stronger than how they have been. And they've been diving into more personal territory songs, especially with the album before this. Um, but songs like Pandora, um, my favorite, probably my number two song of the year, which was what played Far From Heaven, that hits so many personal things for me about how I feel with that. Um, in Shadows also just drove a knife in there. Two Towers sounds oh, like... Nice Lord of the Rings reference, you know. <laughs> I don't know necessarily what it is, but sound-wise, that also sounded like Deftones a little bit <laughs> to get it out there. Um, a Higher Level of Hate. Yeah, I wonder what they're leaning towards it there. Um, this just had so many earworms in my head this year, especially Far From Heaven. And the fact that if you just thought of like maybe how you might say the title is what you would be getting into, but it's supposed to be no, we, we're seeing how things are going and it's not great. So Yeah, it's not like, like a joyous like, oh what the future holds. Yeah, more it's like, more like oh, oh yeah. what the future holds. Yeah. So they they are saying we don't know, but it it's not looking, looking great. Right. Yeah, not looking too bright. Um, yeah, and this is what I wanted the White Chapel album to be from last year, because I just felt like White Chapel kind of stretched a little bit too much, because they are also being labeled as post deathcore, where they're like we still fall under that umbrella, but we're branching out. And trying some new things, so that's why I also really like them. Yeah, I definitely uh, like this one better than Sea of Tragic Beasts. This um, is I, this is also a good companion piece, though. With that, yeah, like it flows right into it almost. I I, I mean, I didn't hate Sea of Tragic Beasts. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I know it wasn't your favorite, but this one's definitely like I get why it's so high up. And again, this is one that I forgot that came out. <laughs> Um, because it'd probably be, at least, you know, it would have probably made the list. Definitely would have locked out, uh, knocked off Lorna Ashore for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, the Earworms, Far From Heaven is probably the most Earworm song that I've heard this year because... There was only I one still song that did it better for me, but... <laughs> hear, like I always hear in my head, you are what you, we are what you created. Mm -hmm. And then like that, it leads into the breakdown of... Take me far from heaven. Yeah. Yeah, like... Well, keep me far from heaven. Yeah. It, it's... It's... One, it's... There's a lot of emotion in the song. Like, oh, that's yeah. the biggest thing, too. It's like, you know, th that's the one thing that I would probably put this album over Pale Faces. Because mm -hmm. Pale Faces is just more of, like... We're angry. angry. Yeah, <laughs> we're angry. Whereas this one, like, there's a lot of emotion. Like, he's mad, but he's more mad in, like, the sense of, like... You would see him with fucking tears flowing through his eyes, and like he's like screaming there, like he said, "This is fucked up." Like you 
No. Like, yeah. whereas opposed to, like, Pale Face, you're just like, I'm gonna gut you! Like, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's the, definitely... The, the Pale Face is more like, I'm angry at you and I'm gonna cut you. Uh, fit for an autopsy is more like, you're being terrible, I'm gonna show you what you are doing. Yeah, I'm gonna show you the monster that you really are. Yeah. Yeah, no, and like, like this whole album, I get that from the whole album. Like, there's so much more emotion, like, you know, granted, to see a tragic beast, if I'm not mistaken, Mirrors was one of them yeah. that was, like, a lot of emotional pain in this, but, it, like you said, it leads into this, like, it's just as emotionally, like, scarring yeah. to hear some of the pain. Like, clearly, like, this man has had some bad days in his life that he has a lot of pain point. I think that's why we like the Whitechapel album, uh, The Valley. Yeah, this, this had strong Valley vibes. Yeah, because there's a lot of emotional pain behind it like clearly like you know because uh phil uh, phil yeah phil bozeman had a lot had a really fucked up childhood yeah and that's what he wrote about and that's why that makes the album so fucking good is because well, he, he combined his writing with writings that he found from his mom who dealt with schizophrenia yeah he's like oh my gosh and then you're like oh fuck like this man had a rough fucking and this is clear like this clear Clearly, this man had had some emotional damage in his life that he is writing about, and you can tell it in his voice. Yeah. Well, I I kind of got a mixture of he is writing about things that affected him, but then again, he's also looking at the bigger picture. Yes. It's like, yeah, I went through some shit, but this shit is affecting so many other people that I'm pissed off about it. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I really connected with it. And it just... In a way, my deathcore album of the year, but they're they're branching out a little bit out out of deathcore, so that's why I'm. And for the fact that there's like hardcore fans of this band saying that this is their that they keep on topping their previous album, I'm like, well, currently this is my favorite album by them, so they're gonna have to really do a lot to top this. <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my personal number four fit for an autopsy. So, uh, going into now number three, Damon. Uh, my number three is, I want to say this right, Elegion? I don't know quite how to pronounce it, um, but the album is Damn Them. Kind of well, one. I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but this album is an hour even. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think leading off of Fit for an Autopsy, this is another album that I felt like very much emotional. And I mean, who would have thought after tracks like <laughs> the Dopamine Void Part One and Two? <laughs> so like, I mean. Clearly, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of depression within this. Called Home, uh, I think the uh, opening track, uh, Bastards of the Earth, 
pretty solid. Like it's very, you know, there's, it, it's a good balance between like, you know, going back to pale face, super like loud and heavy, but then it comes back in and really sucks it in because there is a lot of emotional parts within the album too that are like more calmer and dopamine void part one is a good example of that. Um, but I, I definitely, I like the balance of it. And I, I like the emotion within the whole album. Like, it's very just kind of depressing listening to it. And I think that's probably why I connect so much to it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it hit that spot. Like, you know, like I said, you know, sometimes an album will just hit you just in the perfect way where it's like, no, I really love this album. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it felt like this. Yeah. Um, so I had known of this band. I listened to the album previously, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. Um, but I didn't really love it. Um, so my initial first listen to this, I was listening to it, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, so I'm going to come back to this. And I never did until this happened. So I got to re-listen to it again and try to digest it again. Um, so I do think that Bastards of Earth is a strong opener to it. Um, also, I would personally say my favorite song was Vermin, um, because it was just so heavy and things yeah. like that. Now, I definitely do see where you definitely experience those emotion things, like how I would be talking about, like with, you know, Oceans of Slumber and stuff like that. Um, my only issue for me personally was I thought that they would go from sounding like an awesome progressive progressive death metal album to a progressive metal core album which in my view is a step down and you're cutting off the balls that's fair but that's just me because the clean singing it's not bad but I didn't really enjoy it like, and I don't know. I think it's different singers doing it. I, I don't know necessarily. I doubt it's the same guy. If it is, well, dang, he definitely can change it up. Um, but I just thought his just more guttural growl stuff was actually really good. And then the clean scene was kind of like, yeah. But I mean, I, I understand why you and some other people I know would be into this. Um, it's just that metalcore is not a giant thing for me anymore it, it helped me get into the heavier stuff but then it just starts to sound the same yeah well me. and i i can i like and i think that's part probably why i appreciated some more like the roots of it is you know i i still have you know the older metalcore like asking alexandria and stuff yeah. on my playlist that i listen to like a lot so i mean it, it definitely has like the moments that spark through i i just like i said you know just at least for me, it kind of hit those spots. So like, you know, I, I could understand, you know, there's sometimes albums that I hear, I'm like, how do you not like that? Like mm-hmm. at all. But I can, you know, at least with this one, I could understand why this would not be some, just like with Pellface, I understand why people would not be really into this. Also, two albums in a row from you that equal an hour long. Yeah. At least this one kind of earned that hour, but... <laughs> and guess what we're not done there yet um, wow, wow, wow. so I mean unless you have anything else no nope. well 
guess I can move into my number three album of the year, which also fell into uh, my favorite black metal album of the year, which there was a lot of contenders, surprisingly. Uh, Dark Throne was one that was a contender for that legendary spot, but this uh, album hit in a way that I was like, this is so unique. I, I had to show it some respect, and that is Black Braid with Black Braid 1. First off, if you couldn't guess this by the album artwork, um, this is Native American black metal, because who would think that Native Americans probably don't have, have dark, depressive weird, stories yeah. to talk about? I have something. See, I, I assume that, like, because when you first sent me the, the album name, yeah. it was like, oh, this is going to be like Monomarch or something, because it's called Black Braid. You yeah. know, it just sounds like a pirate metal band, you know, or something along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I started listening to it, and I, I saw the album cover, and I'm like, that could still be, like, maybe Viking, like, you know, it, it's thing. But then I look at, like, if you look at, like, the like the axes on the cover, yeah, and you realize, oh, those are tomahawks, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh. And then you're like, yeah, it really kind of actually threw me for a loop. Because I was like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't quite know what to expect. <laughs> like, and I'm not necessarily angry at that because yeah. I like black metal. Yeah. And yeah. And I and I definitely like it more than you. So. <laughs> yeah, and so like it definitely uh, it, it hit what it needed to hit for black metal, yeah. at least for me. It's not long. Yeah. It's, only thirty six minutes. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, it's. The product you can definitely hear. You know that's the one thing that I my biggest complaint about a lot of black metal is sometimes the things, yeah, like you know. And I, I actually am a fan of like old school shitty black metal where it sounds like dog shit because they were recording it right beside the microphone, like <laughs> like well, Dark Throne did record their first couple albums in their bedroom. Exactly, <laughs> I like that though. Like yeah. I appreciate that. And then sometimes there was like a little bit of hit somewhere, like right after, like third wave almost. But no, as far as this goes, like I had a good time, like listening to this whole album. Like, and you know, like I said, it's not very long. Like this one, Barefoot Ghost Dance on Blood Soaked Soil. Yeah. It was like, oh yeah, that's about the time where I realized that it was uh, Native American. (laughs) It was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Crying Open the Jaws of Eternity is a great closing track. But I, I just think that that opener also, The River of Time Flows Through Me, yeah. is an awesome way to start up. 
Now, the reason also why this is also atmospheric is that there's a couple of interlude tracks here, yeah. uh, like flute stuff that we would associate with Native Americans, and it gives you that vibe that you're there and stuff. And then it's just like, and now we're back to what the fuck went in our history. Yeah, no, I, I really like this. And a lot more, like, it was definitely probably, out of all the albums you sent me, this was the biggest surprise, mm-hmm. I would say. Because um, it definitely kind of... Yeah, and I and I remembered a few people that I follow bring this album up, like, oh, hey, you have to watch for this. This could be a contender. And I was like... Yeah, I kind of accidentally put it off a little bit, then I went back. And I you're like, was, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, there was just some other stuff I felt like I had to check out first. And I'm like, I, I I think I want to check this out. I do like the album art. And then I didn't even know about it not being Native American until I started listening to it. Then I looked it up. I was like, oh, shit. Because I also just have like that big affinity for like that culture and history and stuff like that. And the fact that... We're now getting that in a death metal, not only that, but black metal scene just felt so perfect for it, because that also cold chill vibe, they definitely went through that, so yeah, uh, it was between the, it was really between this and like three black metal albums for yeah. me this year, but this just, it stood out, production I thought was really good, and just the vibe and difference of it is why I enjoyed it so much. So yeah, I really look forward to it. I guess because this one was called Black Braid 1, I guess there will be a Black Braid 2? Maybe it'll be like uh, one of those situations where it's just like the next one's just called something else, but it's like the second one. like Part yeah. 2? Yeah. Uh, it'll be Black Braid parentheses. Black Braid... The redo or something, you know. So <laughs> the it was, redux. <laughs> it was like, okay. Um, yeah, so my number three, Black Braid. Uh, so we are down to the top two. So what made it to number two and just barely lost out to number one for you, Damon? Well, number two went to Zealand Arter by Zealand Arter. <laughs> With also a track called Zill and Arter. <laughs> So, I, I when you first introduced me to this album, mm-hmm. I, I did initially like love it. I was like, okay, I was like, this is awesome, and I didn't realize how much I actually liked it until I started realizing, oh, I listened to a lot of these songs over and over, mm-hmm. and, and I, I looked it up because I wanted to find out more about the band, and it's hilarious to me that this was made from freaking 4chan, <laughs> and was like, hey. Give me two genres of music, and I'm going to put them together. 
and of course because it's 4chan, they said slave music and black metal. And this is what we got. And it's fucking awesome. Like I had such a good time and like like a uh, good example, Church Burns. Yeah, fucking my, my my number one song yeah. of the year. <laughs> it's just so melodic and just like clearly like the singer is just like he has a lot of soul in his voice. Like he definitely takes his you know there's a lot of I'm trying to think of the word here. Like his what he likes clearly pulls through. Like he clearly probably followed a lot of soul musicians because it's a lot of soul like references within it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hold your head though, another great one. Yeah. Um, I really like Feed the Machine. <laughs> like that one really grew on me. And Death to the Holy, obviously. <laughs> like those, at least four are the, my biggest stickouts. But the whole album as a whole, like I loved the whole album. I had such a good time with it. Um, you know, it's only forty-four minutes. Yeah. So that's a plus. The out the album cover is fucking awesome. I love their album cover. Very uh, simplistic. Yeah, but it's also very telling. Yeah. Like, it's one of those albums that come out and you're like, oh, okay. Like, well, when, when the EP they released before this was, I Can't Breathe. Yeah. Very telling. And, yeah, just as far as, like, it goes, like, I... It's very rare when I just instantly, like, fall in love with, like, an album and how fun it is and just... This this album hit it like it they hit that again hit that spot, like scratch that itch you know, <laughs> it, that music itch yeah exactly it just I love one I and I love the singer's voice his his mm-hmm. voice is just it's beautiful like it's great yeah. so yeah like I mean that's I don't really have much else to say yeah well I mean I guess I'll tell you so. This was definitely a top contender for me in my top ten for a while. Um, it only came down to, like, again, nitpicks and stuff for me why it kind of dropped out of it. Um, so the thing that I would, though, tell people going into this album is that if you're somebody that likes a coherent sound story-wise, this is not that album because the thing it's most consistent on is its inconsistencies on the tone because yeah. it can go from shrieking black metal to like kind of almost electronical sound to him like you know sounding like that kind of soulful thing well, I, I think a great example of that would be hold your head low because it yeah. starts off kind of slow and that's actually where i get like kind of like like slave music reference i think the mm-hmm. thing like you know like kind of like a very chanty with kind of like chains like you know if you've ever heard like older movies like you know when there's always like movies that depict like slaves or something like they're all singing kind of you know something like that like it's kind of that reference in it yeah and you can kind of hear the sound and then all of a sudden it's just like meow and you're like oh okay like yeah yeah well like because how it would be like starting off is like you know the opening interlude was like a build up like do do and then goes into like this shrieking fast thing run run um and we haven't mentioned it because it's pretty hard to say the name of it but it's like Goddardangenberg <laughs> it's like it's, it's German no it's Swedish it's Swedish <laughs> he's yeah he's from Switzerland some miles in there <laughs> a lot of miles <laughs> yeah 
Um, that is like a hardcore, like uh, black metal kind of sound. But one that I definitely also grew on was Bow. I would say the questionable track for me, but I can live with it, is the track after Death to the Holy. Oh, uh, Immersion? Yeah. It's kind of just like a sound and him just shrieking. <laughs> so it's like, I get it. I don't know if I needed it, though. <laughs> so those are the only reasons why it kind of fell off for me is that and I didn't really go back and check out the whole album. I specifically checked out certain songs like Run, Death to the Holy. Oh, Golden Wire is also a really good one, too. Yeah. Um, but Church Burns, that was my anthem of the year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a solid choice. Just fell out for me. So. Um, and now my question to you is, are you going to check out the rest of their catalog? I think they have two other albums. Yes, I, I actually I've listened to a little bit of their, a little bit of older stuff by them. Uh, so, with that being your number two, what could possibly? I bet I have a good feeling that your number two is. Well, my number two is Devin Townsend, Lightwork. Never mind. become a big Devin Townsend fan in a short amount of time because my technical first album I had ever heard him on was the previous album called Empath, which was a cacophony of just strange and craziness because it could go from like this fast technical, definitely bordering on kind of death metal-ish because he, he has dabbled in that, to then a track that sounds like it could be like on a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> like they called it like the metal Disney song um, but I just did not know this guy's career and how long he's been around his first real breakout was he did the vocals for a Steve Vai album who is one of the greatest guitarists of all time and then he would go on to form Strapping Young Lads where as I had to mention to you he looked very different then because he's bald-headed right now, and he used to have dreadlocks. Um, but then he then branched off because he wanted to do way more experimental stuff. So then he started the Devin Townsend Project. And then he just shortened it to Devin Townsend <laughs> Band. And then again, just like, yeah, I'm just going to go by my name. <laughs> um, so he's also just one of those where it's like, I control everything pretty much. I write all the music because he's one heck of a musician, too. But he'll also bring in a lot of uh, musicians to help out and stuff. Like on Empath, he had four different drummers. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, to do different things, um, which kind of, I believe, happened at some points on this, too, where it wasn't necessarily the drummers. But uh, this, I heard a definition of this album, and I'm like, 
I can't dispute this. This album for somebody this year is like a giant hug. It's here to tell you, yes, things are bad, but everything will be okay. Um, Moon People, which is like the strong opener to this, and Light Work, which is just played there, that has like just that epic chorus for like the crowd, like and things. But it's really the lyrical content of Call of the Void, where he is like, I know things are terrible right now, but the worst reaction for you is to react terribly. Yeah, Call of the Void is actually my favorite song on the yeah. album. And then I also really grew to love Equinox, the third song, um, because then there's just that part where he like gets like kind of gravelyish voice, where he's just like, just because something has happened doesn't mean everything centers around you. <laughs> there's a whole other world. Um, I actually really like Children of God too. Yeah, which I never thought I would say that. Yeah. No, it's it's a good closer. <laughs> yeah. Now the thing is that this is technically also a double album. There is a version of this called Light Work and Night Work. Oh. That technically the entire runtime is an hour and forty three minutes. <laughs> Cause and then that part is like a little bit more heavier and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good, but. I don't feel like you actually would have needed it. Like, if you just had light work, it's fine. Like, if you wanted to just, though, experience all of Devin Townsend's talent, then, yeah, get the double album, because then you see his harder stuff and things like that. But I just thought that this was just perfect as far as time length. And I'm not the biggest fan of electronical things sometimes. Yeah, I will say this is probably one of my other bigger surprises from you because I I heard it like I knew of him and I'm like okay and then like I listened to it and I'm like why the fuck does he even like this and it's like <laughs> and, and not in a bad way it's just more of like after listening to some of your other stuff like this was kind of lower on the list of what I listened to uh-huh. and I'm like listening to all this other stuff like this is just di- way different than like everything else yeah and it's not a bad thing, though. Like, it definitely shows that you aren't just stuck on, you know, certain genres. Like, you're definitely open-minded about okay. as far as, like, liking music. Because this one definitely is, like, should it, be, you're like, whoa, okay, like, this is a little weirder. Well, what this, though, is for some people like you to know and others out there that, yeah, you can have this electronical bass stuff to it. But to me, it's the lyrical content. It's just so emotional and moving because he also does right with how he's feeling at the time yeah and like there's even tracks like heartbreaker where he brings in a female vocalist to do the backups and stuff like that uh and it also does help that he's canadian so that means he cares a lot <laughs> well I, one thing i noticed too like there was a, a bunch of songs like as far as influences that he has you can definitely tell him like I for a couple, one of the songs I almost got like a Beatles vibe. Yeah. And then like another one I got almost like a David Bowie thing going on. Like there's definitely his influences like are within like you can hear it. Well, also the track Vacation and all acoustic the Beatles one. I got Beach Boys vibe. <laughs> Maybe it was the one. Hold on, let me uh pull up his stuff. Uh, I because. I, one of these was definitely, uh, I got, like, straight-up Beatles. I was like, yeah. uh, this sounds like the Beatles. 
maybe it was uh, heavy burden or celestial maybe. signals. I was like, one of them, I was like, all right. And like, but vacation literally sounds like he wrote that on vacation. Probably. Like he just picked up an acoustic guitar. To dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and also, he doesn't get enough credit. I think he's also one of the best vocalists because his range. It, and the funny thing is, he can't stand singing. Because he did it growing up, and he's like, I've always found it as something I don't like doing. But then you're like, everybody tells me I'm amazing. <laughs> and why do I have to be good at something I hate? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's why it pays me money. <laughs> so yeah, my number two, Devin Townsend. Okay, Damon, we've made it all the way here. At number one... Your number one album of the year, and what is that? Well, my number one album of the year is uh, Epi- Epigeny? Epi- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to go A Pigeon <laughs> by Wilderun. first showed me this like i looked at the album cover and i was like oh i guess that's like that. <laughs> you know but the more i listened to it like it's it's beautiful it's one of the best albums i i would consider i've ever heard like and that's you know like exhaler starting it off like it's so just a cutting mm-hmm. like and that that's what a lot of this album feels like it's just like also this came out literally first week of the year yeah january 7th and i don't know it's just there's so much in it that i just fell in love with that it just was almost like i don't know how to explain it like almost sitting in a hurricane that's the that's the best way i could do it like emotionally just there's a hurricane hitting and you were just sitting down in the middle of the street just waiting for it to happen waiting to accept death cheerful thought yeah and that's kind of like that that's what i take out of it at least for feeling wise like it's just acceptance of death (laughs) okay you want me to throw in anything here yeah okay so this you did not mention this this is technically progressive folk death metal because there's a lot of like other instruments thrown in here of time and things like that. I got strongly recommended this album and I was like, well, I know that you really like progressive stuff like this, so I'm going to suggest it to you. This 
I would give uh, the Opeth Award because they definitely sound a lot like Opeth. There's just few minor things in there to change it up. Um, I think Passenger is an amazing song. It was, I think it was like number three or four for me as far See, as how many times I listened Exhaler to it. Exhaler was my favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Passenger is very, very good. Yeah. Um, now the thing though that made this drop off for me is the fact that I didn't revisit it as much as I thought yeah. I would have. Well, um, and it is also an hour and eleven minutes. Yeah. I think that's the longest album. Yeah, of course, number one is the longest. And yeah, to throw this fact out there, I had one album that was an hour long last year. You have three. <laughs> <laughs> what can I, I say? I uh, I put these albums together to look at the runtime of all of our albums. Yours was an hour and 15 minutes longer than mine. <laughs> you could put Wilder Run on there again and still not equal it. <laughs> um, but then also when I was revisiting for this, um, the track after Identifier eh, kind of was just there. Noise. And then after the distraction three-part epic there's distraction nola that is just again sound and him screeching in it for like two and a half minutes now if that is the technical closer of the album because i've always listened to the bonus track edition because that's the only one i could get um that's a weird send-off and then the two bonus tracks on there which I actually don't mind everything in the its right place, which I guess is a cover. Actually, it's pretty solid. And then there's an exhaler, I believe, symphonic mix. Yes. And I was like, eh, this isn't as good as the original exhaler. I don't know why it's on here. Um, so, yeah, it just knocked it down. So I found that if I got rid of those stuff, it was an hour. <laughs> like, yeah, this would have been fine. But, yeah, no, I completely understood why you really enjoyed this. Uh, and the fact that it came out the very start of the year and it hung with you all the way to now is definitely, I guess, a testament to it. So, got anything else to add to that? I mean, no, I mean... You want to check out their other stuff? <laughs> of course. Uh, I mean, your criticisms are completely valid of it, like... But, you know, it's just, you know, like I said, you know, you ha- having an album that, like, just hits those marks, it's it's hard to explain why it just sets so well, mm-hmm. but sometimes it just, it does. Yeah. So, yeah, and now we've come to mine, number one album of the year, which this was the one fighting with Bloodbath for favorite death metal album and that is Graceless
This also is called Chance of Purgatory, and with a very interesting and pretty cool album artwork on there too. Um, yeah, it reminds me of uh, for all the Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there. It looks like Slife with the Sky Dragon. You know much about Yu-Gi-Oh? He used to play a lot. Um, yeah, so this one got highly recommended to me from a couple of channels I follow, and I was like, yeah, I'll definitely check this out. And I noticed that I had checked out the previous album, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was pretty good. Um, this one, I absolutely love the production on this because I think everything sounds amazing. Um, it basically came down to this first thing, Bud Bath, and I was like, looking at like pencil splashes, like which do I like more about this? And oddly enough, of course, it came down to the fact that I love the bass tone in this. <laughs> Because it's so awesome and prevalent, too. But then, they just, for, again, a death metal band, they have some pretty catchy ones on here, like Giants, the opener. Uh, and then Chance of Purgatory, I thought was also one other one. And then the Gates of Ga the Gallows has a strong chorus to it. And then the closing track, Time Has Come for All of Us. <laughs> yeah, epic build-up to an end of it. Um... This just kind of capitalized on a lot of things I love about death metal. Uh, and it wasn't the fact until I started re-listening to this. So I was like, yeah, I actually am really, really digging this. And then I found myself going, I'm actually kind of liking this more now than Bloodbath. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying that. But also, they're, it's not like Bloodbath is not well-known to the death metal and metal community. They're yeah. a super band. Whereas Graceless, they're still getting their name out there. And I'm like, I always pull for the under, you know, one that's not represented as much. And it kind of struck me a lot like the Temple of Void album did last year, which that was then my highly anticipated album this year. And it did not live up to that hype. <laughs> um, but th this just hit so many of those. The only... And it briefly does that little bit of a Death Doom vibe also in it, so that's also why I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, I kept on coming back to this after I rechecked it out, so... Graceless, you made it to my top pick for Chance of Purgatory. Do you have any thoughts on it? So, I mean, I, I kind of like the, uh, the end with the world in ruins. Uh, Nyctophilia and Time has Come for Us All. That's probably the mm -hmm. thing. Which, Chance of Purgatory is pretty good, too, but honestly, I think this is the one time where we defer. Really? Yeah, I was not the biggest fan of this. Hmm. I thought it was just kind of, hmm, like, which is strange, but, like, as far as, like, death metal goes, like, I didn't, I don't know, I guess I didn't really take anything away from it. It just didn't really hit me in, like, the, the right spots, I guess. Like, Bloodbath, I actually really liked some of the Bloodbath, but, yeah, this one I was just kind of like, eh, like, I don't know. That's why I thought this one was going to be a lot lower on your list. <laughs> Not even number one, I thought it was going to be, like, number ten or something. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah, I, I thought it was just kind of, eh. I well, this year we just happened to have slightly deferred with our top picks, so... That, that says a lot now. Uh, now it'll be interesting to see what happens about next year. Yeah. 
Hopefully some good stuff comes out. <laughs> now, my only thing is that this year I took it kind of light on you. I didn't recommend as much. So I don't know. If that would have been the same if I had recommended yeah. things. Um, but if I were to go in here and actually look at what I would probably put as also honorable mentions, because you did yours, um, I honestly would say, and I'll tell you these later because actually they're ones I would highly recommend to you. Um, it's not the same thing as their last album. They got a lot of shit for this, but it's a Blood Incantations second album because it's all symphonic and keyboard. Okay. Basically, it sounds like Blade Runner soundtrack. <laughs> and people are mad at that? <laughs> well, that's coming off of their last album, which was a sci-fi death metal album and they're like what the fuck is this but if you Fair also enough. if you also talk to them though they listen to a lot of this though yeah um also one i would highly recommend is spirit world their newest album it's like hardcore mixed with a western vibe Ooh. yeah so like west world yeah a little bit um if you can find this uh i know it's on spotify is a band called peth peth is that like Mike Tyson saying pest? No. It, it's, it's more like they're a giant tribute doom band to Black Sabbath. Okay. That's also why I put on there. Uh, Corinian? Corinian? They're a power metal band that did not go any kind of softness and kept it straightforward. Uh, exhumed. Brutal blackish death metal. My favorite gore, grindcore album, other than the EP from Napalm Death, is from a band called Worm Rot. Uh, another one of my favorite progressive ones is from a, apparently a legendary band called Wofat. <laughs> I feel like that's what people, when they see me, they're like, Wofat. <laughs> um, another one of my favorite Doom albums is called from a band called Friends of Hell. Okay. And you would really dig that cover. Obviously. Uh, the other black metal album I would strongly recommend is White Ward. Mostly because their backstory is that they're Ukrainian. And apparently after they recorded the album, their studio got bombed. Oh. So. And then the number one band I would throw up there as far as because I have to represent an Indiana band. And that's Mother of Graves. And they're a death doom band. So when I found out that one of my favorite genre, there is a band from Indiana, I gotta look that up. <laughs> yeah, it's very. I don't know why. I feel like Indiana's underrepresented, and you know, I feel like we would have a lot more to be pissed off about. You know, we live around corn. Like that's a big there, thing. Well, there's a lot of bands from Ohio. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I've found you know. Thr- Blackened thrash. I found just straight up raw black metal. I found death metal here. Found power metal here. Now found death. Well, maybe we're on the up and up. See, people in Indiana say at least I don't live in Ohio. Then people in Ohio say at least I don't live in Michigan. <laughs> so, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. So I mean, that was our beer and music. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, if you guys all enjoyed and got recommendations from here, because whether or not you liked all these, I would still say, hey, da- Damon, 
I would recommend all your albums because I'm sure somebody would like Pale Face. Listen to all of them or I'll find you and eat you. Yeah. Uh, but until the next music thing rolls around, we'll see you guys next time. And that might be either our best of the year after this or not. So hopefully yeah. it'll be that. <laughs> Might just be everything so bad that we have to make a worst of the year list. <laughs> worst of the year, it's all of them. Yeah, every one of them. Well, that was 2020. <laughs> that whole year sucked. Um, but yeah, until then, see you guys next time. Adios.